Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is September 29th, 2022, and our first story. A new report says China has opened secret police stations in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. Now, reportedly, this is to monitor Chinese citizens. But the fear here is that this expands the Chinese Communist Party's law enforcement capabilities in foreign countries in violation of international law. At a time when we fear World War III may be starting, this is a shocking revelation. In our next story, NATO formally declares that the Nord Stream damage was sabotaged, with many member states saying Russia did it. This may be World War III. In our last story, a far-left terrorist who firebombed a police vehicle is requesting commutation. That's right, they want to be released. The question is, will it happen? Seems likely. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. NATO has formally stated that the damage to the Nord Stream pipelines was caused by sabotage. They said there will be a collective response. Many NATO member states are pointing the finger at Russia. Following this, we saw Russian and Chinese warships off the coast of Alaska. These are just a few of the stories signaling greater war may be on the horizon. There's many stories around this pertaining to this, notably TikTok, Chinese cyber warfare, infrastructure damage caused by cyber attacks. But the more obvious is TikTok. In China, TikTok doesn't allow wokeness and far left ideology. In the US, seemingly all they promote for the most part. We, for instance, at Timcast IRL are banned from TikTok for no formal reason. We don't know why. They just removed us. But now we have one of the most alarming stories, which should, should send shivers down your spine. China has opened overseas police stations in the U.S. and Canada to moder- monitor Chinese citizens. They're treating Europe, Canada, and the U.S. as if it's already their territory. They're starting to develop a Chinese Communist Party apparatus within our countries. They've probably been there for some time. We've also noticed that land is being sold or leased to Chinese communist interests close to military bases or just purchased in general. Ladies and gentlemen, this is colonization. We've been seeing it for some time. But what do you think is going to happen when the Chinese Communist Party with 
police stations in the U.S. What do you think happens when war is formally declared? Now, of course, you may then expect the U.S. to shut these facilities down. They shouldn't exist in the first place. Apparently, it's already illegal. But this means there's going to be many individuals working for the Chinese Communist Party in the United States should war break out. And that means internal strife. It means sabotage. And I think it means outright already that China is preparing for war with the U.S. And how do you handle something like that? We've known about this for some time. I believe it was Mike Pompeo who said during the Trump administration that China had infiltrated every level of the U.S. government. And he's probably not wrong. We know about the Thousand Talents programs, I I believe it was. Many academics are on the payroll for China. How do we expect to win a war that China has long prepared for and we haven't? Unless, of course, there's some secret operations we don't know about, but part of me doesn't believe it. Too many in the United States, especially the political elites, the political class, have been deferential to China for a long time, giving away our manufacturing and weakening the core of the American economy, of the U.S. economy. So although they may not have the strongest Navy or Air Force, they have, I believe, one of the largest standing ground armies, and they have the ability to fight in their way. Many people respond to videos I do about the threat of war with China, and they say, ah, they're a paper tiger. We got nothing to worry about. They got one aircraft carrier. But is that really what we need to be concerned about? I'd be willing to bet. While that's true, it's likely due to the fact that they've shifted their focus into cyber warfare, and they're likely working on viruses, worms, and other exploits to destroy critical infrastructure in the U.S. They shut down our power, and we're doomed then we won't win a war. You need nuclear power, you need oil to run these warships. Now look, the U.S. is strong, mighty nuclear arsenal. But China seems to be working with Russia now, doing joint military operations. And this shows they've effectively been colonizing everything, setting up or planting the seeds of the Chinese Communist Party in these countries. They say it's to monitor Chinese citizens. And we know that there are stories about this. People who are former Chinese citizens speaking out against the Communist Party getting visits. But this, in my opinion, is they're fortifying themselves. In the event a war breaks out, this is bad news for the United States. And they'll have to weed these out before any moves can be made, which means the U.S. probably has to act now. Let's read about this story. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member In order to support our work, our journalists are working around the clock, fact-checking news, reporting on the ground, and it's only possible because you sign up as members. That's right. That's it. We like doing news. We think it's important to do. I think it's fantastic that we have so many great journalists and reporters working for us. And they only do the job because people agree and spend that money to support the news reporting. You'll also get access as a member to the Uncensored Members Only show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m., as well as the Cast Castle vlog, Tales from the Inverted World. And we got new shows coming up, coming out shortly. So become a member, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show, be the notification. People have been reporting that they're not getting notifications for this channel and my other channels anymore. Surprise, surprise, the midterms are coming up. And this is the kind of information you need to make your vote count. So... Share the video if you want to support the work. Take a look at this from Fox News. They report, China has opened dozens of overseas police service stations around the globe to monitor its citizens living abroad, 
including one location in New York City and three in Toronto. These operations eschew official bilateral police and judicial cooperation and violate the international rule of law and may violate the territorial integrity in third countries involved in setting up a parallel policing mechanism using illegal methods. Reads a report by Safeguard Defenders, a human rights watchdog released earlier this month. It's called a parallel government. Let's talk about government real quick. How, how, about, how about we do that? A mafia, the mafia, a mob, a shakedown. What do they say? We're going to protect you. You pay up. The old trope is that the mobsters go to your business and say, protection money. You give us money, we keep you safe. It may start from a noble endeavor. Poverty in an, in an area results in crime. A group gets together and says, don't bring your crime here. But hey, we can't do this unless you pay up. And eventually they're saying, look, we are protecting the neighborhood. You are the one person who won't pay. That's not fair, is it? Baseball bat, pay up. With this, you see the emergence of isolated or parallel governance. The mafia is now exerting authority. The government doesn't have control in this area because they do. And people are more likely going to say, who's the most likely to actually come after me if I don't abide by this? So who are they going to pay? Who's, who's getting paid? Probably not the government unless they intervene to, quote unquote, pacify the area. China's planted the seeds. They may say it's just about their own citizens, but over a long enough period of time, they're going to start asserting legal legal dominance in an area. People will start saying things like, well, the cops don't show up anymore. Crime is running rampant. I can only rely on this Chinese police station. Think about it. Crime in New York is through the roof. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it's a strong possibility. If China starts providing resources to these extra legal stations, but people know you file a complaint with the Chinese police department and they'll solve your crime problem. They will. If the police in New York won't do it, the authority falls to someone else. The report titled 110 Overseas details China's extensive efforts to combat fraud by its citizens living overseas, in part by opening several police stations on five continents that have assisted Chinese authorities in carrying out policing operations on foreign soil. Europe is home to most of the police stations. With locations spread across the continent in places such as London, Amsterdam, Prague, Budapest, Athens, Paris, Madrid, and Frankfurt. North America is also home to four of these stations, with three locations in Toronto and one in New York City. Now, there's just one here in the U.S., so not all bad just yet. In all, there are 54 such stations in 30 different countries. They are colonizing, expanding, and asserting cultural dominance. The report details how China has attempted to combat the growing issue of fraud and telecommunications fraud by Chinese nationals living abroad, running operations that have resulted in 230,000 Chinese nationals being pers persuaded to return to China voluntarily over the last year to face criminal prosecution. Don't know if I believe it. The Chinese government has claimed the stations provide vital services to its citizens living abroad, though the report notes that many of the services are those that would be traditionally carried out by an overseas embassy. Instead, the report argues that the stations have been used to enhance China's overseas law enforcement capabilities in possible violation of international law. At the very least, you should be worried about what's happening.
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Quote, as these operations continue to develop and new mechanisms are set up, it is evident that countries governed by the standards set by universal human rights and the rule of law urgently need to investigate these practices to identify the local actors at work, mitigate the risks and effectively protect the growing number number of those targeted. How many of these people that the CCP is accused of fraud? How many do you think are speaking out against the CCP? So they in turn claim those are lies and therefore fraud. I don't trust them. If people are in this country, then it is the law enforcement of this country, Canada or or the European nations to deal with this. But it seems China has been colonizing the world and this is just planting the seeds. It's the first step. And it seems like things are going to be getting worse. From Lawfare blog, Water Wars, U.S. counters Beijing's reaction to Pelosi visit with $1.1 billion in arms sales to Taiwan. I can't imagine that China would be too happy about this. They say following House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, Beijing reacted by holding military exercises around the island. We know what happened. They began firing missiles over the island. They began encircling the island. And then things slowly simmered down. But many other U.S. officials, politicians started traveling there. They're now saying that the U.S. responded by giving a billion dollars in arms sales to Taiwan. Where do you think this goes? I'll tell you quite simply, don't take my word for it. Writing for real clear defense, China could decide now is the time for war with America. Well, there you go. Written by James Holmes. The aircraft carrier Harry S. Truman participates in a composite unit training exercise, which evaluates the strike group's ability as a whole to carry out sustained combat operations from the sea, ultimately certifying the HSTCSG for deployment. It starts with a big old 1945 for some reason. It says, will a peak China decide now is the time for war with America? Hal Brands and Michael Beckley have breaking news from 1832, namely that it sometimes makes sense for the weak to pick a fight with the strong. No less an authority than Karl von Clausewitz affirms it. Suppose, postulates Clausewitz, a weaker contender is in conflict with a much more powerful one and expects its position to grow weaker every year. If war is unavoidable, should it not make the most of its opportunities before its position gets worse? In short, it should attack. Verily, Clausewitz is a man for all seasons. If you know your important trend lines are turning against you, if you expect your strategic standing vis-a-vis your antagonist to be worse next year than this, then he advises you to strike now. Otherwise, you'll get less than you might. Your window of opportunity might even slam shut by next year. Simply put, anybody who understands 
market economics knows what this means. You want to buy real estate. I'll tell you, you know, we're trying to set up a brick and mortar location so we can do um, like a community center, game shop, skate shop kind of thing. And these building owners are like, no, nah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And I tell them, like, you sell now. You're going to get you're, you're going to get what you get. And it's not what you want. You wait till next year. You're done. You'll never sell. Sell. Now you're underwater. Sell now before it's too late. Meaning the person in that position knows they're going to lose out in the long run. In this instance, China may expect it's going to lose no matter what. Best to make its move while it has some advantage out of fear. By next year, they will be much worse off. U.S. Coast Guard confirms Chinese and Russian Russian warships off Alaska. Seven vessels from China and Russia were seen in formation off the Aleutian Islands. Aleutians are cool, by the way. They stretch very, very far. But this, I think, is a very important story. The U.S. Coast Guard in Alaska came across Russian and Chinese vessels on an ordinary patrol earlier this month. In an announcement on Monday, the agency said the surprise encounter was a formation of Russian and Chinese ships that came on 19 September, about 75 miles north of Kiska Island in the Aleutian Islands of Alaska. That was when the U.S. CGS Kimball, a U.S. Coast Guard vessel, spotted a guided missile cruiser from China in the Bering Sea off Alaska's coastline. While announcing an ongoing counter response this week, the U.S. Coast Guard said it soon spotted two other naval ships from China, along with four Russian naval vessels that were inside the U.S. exclusive economic zone that surrounds the Alaskan coastline and that of the Aleutian Islands. Where do you think this goes? We saw something similar in the past few months with Hawaii. I'd like to say it goes nowhere. I hope it goes nowhere. But I think we're heading towards war. I think it may be inevitable. Maybe not. I really don't know. I really don't. But according to U.S. News, Fears about World War III are growing amid Russia-Ukraine war survey finds. As Russia escalates its nuclear threats, a survey suggests a world on edge. Russia's unprovoked war with Ukraine. Let me pause right there, U.S. News. Unprovoked? That is an opinion statement, not a fact. There are many arguments to be made about provocation from NATO expansion. There are many arguments to be made that those don't qualify as, as provocation. But to assert one or the other is your humble opinion. They say rather the fighting appears more likely to escalate. Russian President Vladimir Putin announced last week that he will push 300,000 reservists into service. A stark new finding from an international survey suggests the world is taking these threats and their broader global implications seriously. In a survey of more than 17,000 people across the world, three quarters of respondents agreed with the statement, quote, I fear we are moving closer to World War III. The findings are culled from the U.S. News and World Report Best Country Survey, which was fielded this year from April 30th to July 13th and used for an annual perception-based rank uh, and is used for an annual perception-based rankings of countries. I just want to point out in April to July, let's just say mix April 30th. That was a while ago. Many people thought that we were heading towards World War III then. What would happen if you surveyed them now, pointing out what's going on with the Nord Stream pipeline or with secret police stations being set up in foreign countries by China or their ships entering the U.S. economic uh, U.S. economic waters? Yeah, sorry. I think we're close. 
the share of respondents who agreed that we're heading towards global war rose above 80% in five countries, Indonesia, South Korea, Spain, Thailand, and the US. Let me just repeat that. It was above 80% in the United States. Those surveyed within the age range of 25 to 35 were the most fearful, with 76% worrying about nations moving closer to another global conflict. But Rudra Sill, a professor of political science and the director of graduate studies at the University of Pennsylvania, says that while the findings make sense, he cautions against people being overly fearful. The key word here is closer, which is a relative term, and I think relative to a year ago, I guess everyone could say we're a little bit closer. But I would interpret that as a reason for thinking. I would interpret that as a reason for thinking that Armageddon is coming and that we should all start sorting things. But would I, sorry, would I interpret that as a reason for thinking that Armageddon is coming and we should all start storing things in our basement? No, I don't see it that way. I'm going to pause it right there and just say, now is the time to prepare. I'm not saying to dig a 30 foot uh, deep bunker and fill it with beans. It's going to last you for 30 years. I'm saying have some canned goods and some water. Put the water in glass, not plastic. Have some uh, emergency tools. You don't need to buy 30 acres in the, in, the, in the woods. You have a garage. I would recommend getting away from cities for a variety of reasons. The riots, culture war, potential civil war, but also this. But I would say wherever you are, you got matches. We have rain matches. You ever see them? They're like magnesium matches. They're huge and thick and you can light them underwater. It's crazy. That's how powerful these matches are. And they're cool. And they come with a little strike. You, I, 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 don't think, I don't know if you can light them underwater. You can light them and put them underwater and they won't go out. It's actually kind of scary when you think about it because sometimes you need them to go out, but these matches won't. Have you downloaded a survival guide to your phone? It may be that nothing happens. We certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. I'd love to just play video games all day and enjoy some wings and watch, uh, I don't know, Game of Thrones or something. Would be nice, wouldn't it? But maybe even with them, uh, with all the news we're saying, there's no sign of de-escalation internationally or nationally. Maybe then we should consider something bigger is on its way. Thucydides' trap dictates that when a rising economic power is about to supplant the dominant power, war breaks out. Maybe China thinks they can or can't. Either way, there's reason for them to start a war, especially with Taiwan in conflict. Then you have, let me just stress it again, the secret police stations. That to me is creepy and crazy. And then you have the overt infiltration. In a story from just a few days ago, former army reservists convicted of charges tied to spying for China. A former Army reservist was found guilty on three counts of spy-related charges on Monday, including acting as an unregistered foreign agent for the People's Republic of China during the course of five years, according to the Department of Justice. Ji Xiaokun, 31, entered the Army Reserves in 2016 as part of the Pentagon's military accessions, accessions, vital to National Interest Program, or MAVNI, and the rank of specialist. The program is meant to vet and recruit legal aliens whose skill sets are deemed critical to the military. She, a G, a resident of Chicago, received his master's degrees in electrical engineering in 2015, yada, 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 yada. Between 2013 and 2015, G exchanged 36 messages and met several times with high-level MSS intelligence officer who was posing as a university professor. 
He also traveled to China three times since his first arrival in the U.S. While it is unclear what was discussed during these meetings, a search warrant conducted on Xi's residence in 2018 revealed several documents disguised as university study materials containing information on U.S.-based individuals generated by U.S.-based companies Intellius Inc., Instant Checkmate, and Spokio, according to Xi's indictment. All three sites provided publicly available data on people. Prosecutors believe that Xi was handing over information about these individuals to Chinese intelligence officials for recruitment into Chinese, China's intelligence network. This is somebody in the U.S. Army Reserves we trusted. And it gets worse. From the Washington Free Beacon. First openly transgender army officer indicted for trying to give soldiers medical info to Russia. World War Three, maybe. Russia and China seems to be working together. Now, this story is, is basically what you get. A federal grand jury in Baltimore indicted Jamie Lee Henry and his wife, Anna Gabri- uh, Gabrielian, great Gabrielian, pronouncing that wrong, probably, on charges of conspiracy and wrongful disclosure of individually identifiable health information. According to prosecutors, the couple met last month with an undercover FBI agent posing as a Russian diplomat and offered medical information from Fort Bragg, the home of the military's elite Delta Force. Gabrielian, an, uh, an anesthetist. <sighs> anesthesiologist at John Hopkins University, told the undercover agent during an August 17th meeting that she was motivated by patriotism towards Russia to provide any assistance she could to Russia, even if it meant being fired or going to jail. According to the indictment, Gabrielian gave the undercover agent medical information on a spouse of someone who works in the Office of Naval Intelligence and highlighted a medical issue that Russia could exploit. They were what, going to kill someone? Henry. A doctor at Fort Bragg gave the undercover agent information on five patients at the military facility, according to the indictment first reported by the Baltimore Banner. Henry has been praised as a pioneer of the, of the transgender movement after coming out as transgender in an interview with BuzzFeed in 2015. Henry claimed to be the first known active duty army, office, army officer to come out as transgender and the first to legally change their name while in service. Henry told BuzzFeed his experience transitioning helped him in the medical field. Numerous stories, and I believe the indictment even, use uh, male pronouns for this individual. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on in that capacity. My point here is just another story about internal security threats as it pertains to a potential conflict with Russia and China. Meta shuts down influence operations started in China, Russia. Facebook's parent company removed separate networks that were running covert influence campaigns related to U.S. politics and war in Ukraine. I think it's obvious what they're doing. They're trying to rally people to distrust the U.S. on a variety of issues. It's not really hard to do, to be completely honest. There's a lot of reasons you as an American citizen would distrust the American government. Namely, well, for obvious reasons, they don't give us access to confidential information. I put it this way. I don't trust the war machine. I don't trust the reason they claim to do things. I think they're lying to us and they need the consent of the governed in order to engage in such behaviors. But I certainly think our interests as American citizens are aligned more, even with the U.S. military industrial complex, we're aligned more with them than we would be with China or Russia. If China and Russia were to win any kind of international conflict, yet you would be subjugated and your life would get substantial, your life would get substantially worse. So there is reason to distrust them. There is reason to support efforts to stop any actions they're taking against us. That doesn't mean trust everything the U.S. government does because they have their interests as well. The Wall Street Journal says, Meta Platforms Inc. said Tuesday 
that it has removed separate networks in China and Russia that were running covert influence campaigns related to U.S. politics and the war in Ukraine. In a post on its blog, the Facebook parent company said it has taken down a small network that originated in China and operated across multiple social media platforms, targeting U.S. voters on both sides of the political spectrum ahead of the 2022 midterm election. The network also pushed anti-government sentiments related to the Czech Republic's foreign policy toward China and Ukraine, Meta said. The company said it has removed a large network that originated in Russia and operated across a sprawling network of more than 60 websites that were made to look like legitimate European news organizations. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The network targeted Germany as well as France, Italy, U- Ukraine, and the UK with narratives supporting Russia in the conflict with Ukraine and criticizing Ukrainian refugees, Meta said. Now, here's the issue I take with this. I don't trust their takedowns. I understand why they would want to do this, but I know many people, I'll leave their names out of it, who are American citizens with legitimate First Amendment protected opinions, who had their channels banned, their social media restricted because they had received funding from Russian sources. You see, here's how it works. Russia will find a way to hire or contribute to narratives that benefit them. It's a dirty play. The U.S., of course, does the U.S. does similar things. There are individuals who hold opinions, one that uh, Russia is good or that the U.S. is bad. Russia will then contribute to them, such as people who are employed by Russia Today or Sputnik. They'll find ways to directly directly contribute. These individuals then espouse legitimate opinions they hold. But those opinions are propped up by foreign sources. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter starts removing these organizations, saying you're illegitimate because you're funded by Russia. But their opinions are. They're, they're, I mean, their opinions are legitimate. They're American citizens. You see how it works. In the United States, the way the corporate press works is they do the exact same thing. They find people who have woke opinions and they hire them, providing backing for them to espouse their message on a, message on a large platform. It's creepy. And it's hard to know how to fight because there are a lot of ways that it can be done. So what do you do? I don't know if I trust the U.S. in censoring speech of anyone. And there are very real issues. I tell you how you solve it, U.S. Maybe the U.S. should be providing funding to channels that counter these narratives. Therein lies another big problem. What, a, a Department of Truth? There's no real solution, is there? Russia will seek to exploit our goodwill. That uh, what's-her-face out of New Zealand had a, gave a speech that many people said was dystopian. But I'm going to cut her some slack. I don't like her. I think she's an authoritarian. I think it's disgusting what she's done in that country, especially with the lockdowns. I think she is mostly wrong and overzealous and authoritarian when it comes to what she said. But I think we need to understand what she said to not be fools. Jacinda Aldern, is that her name? She said there is a very real threat of disinformation. She's not wrong. The corporate press engages in it all day. She said, how do you fight climate change when people don't believe in climate change? 
Well, I have to ask you, why don't they, why don't they believe in climate change? Maybe you should work on your messaging. Maybe you should provide, provide funding to advocacy groups. And maybe you should find a way to uh, push that message out better. Suppressing dissent doesn't solve anything. But there is a concern. Let's just be real. Our adversaries, be it Russia, China, or anybody else, they are going to try to sow disinformation. So what do you do? I'm not going to sit back and cheer on some lady who's talking about censoring ideology she doesn't like. Sorry, lady, you lose that one. You are the problem. I'm not going to sit here and dance behind the corporate press believing whatever it is they say. They're lying. So is Russia and so is China. Look, if the Washington Post came out and said Putin took a dump on the American flag, and then Putin came out and said it was actually Biden who took a dump on the you know, Russian flag, I'm more inclined to believe Washington Post, despite knowing they're liars. Because at the very least, our, our interests are aligned. But that being said, more inclined does not mean I do. I also recognize they're going to push U.S. propaganda. They're going to want you to hate Vladimir Putin. But if you think that Vladimir Putin is some innocent party in all this, or China is, ah, you'd be wrong. You'd be way wrong. China's doing their creepy influence operations here. Leaked audio from 80 internal TikTok meetings show the U.S. US, US user data has been repeatedly accessed from China. Okay. So who do you trust? Sorry, man. I don't know who you trust. But at the very least, I can tell you this. When it comes down to conflict between China and Russia, I will be standing next to the United States, not China and Russia. For all the wrong that I think Joe Biden does, for all the crooked, corrupt garbage we see from the U.S. government, when you've got two bad actors, two bad players, at least the U.S. is where I live. And there's some good here, despite all the bad. I don't think every action taken by federal uh, actors of the federal government is always bad. I think we've got a crooked and corrupt crony establishment, that's for sure. And these people think you shouldn't be allowed to know. But there are many good people in the United States, and that's why I will stand by the United States. This country's uh, founding is, is brilliant. The things it stands for are substantially better and more important than what Russia or China stand for. So what do you do, man? Foreign policy is going to play a role in the midterms, and that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I really is. Five midterm foreign policy shakeups to watch on Capitol Hill. This is, this is absolutely good news. In the Ohio Senate, oh, okay, they're not going to let me read it, but fine, whatever. The fact that uh, foreign policy is playing a role makes me feel good about what's to come because, well, I'll show you this. This is Joe Biden's approval rating. And it was around the time that Afghanistan fell that Joe Biden's approval rating flipped. I'm happy to see it. I know a lot of Americans don't care for foreign policy, but this is important. We've got war on the horizon and we've got a president who can't do the job. These elections are important, not just because of domestic policy, gas, gas prices, inflation, but because Joe Biden as the commander in chief is incapable, inept, and he, and, and he should be retiring. He should not be trying to lead our armed forces. Donald Trump has his problems. But hey, him being a madman is better than whatever Biden is. You got Donald Trump being accused of being a madman, but aggressive. Joe Biden, confused and bumbling about. At least Donald Trump keeps people in line and scared. It's not a good thing. Not, 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 I should say it's not 100% a good thing, but there's good elements to it in terms of we weren't seeing this escalation while Trump was president. Perhaps Ron DeSantis would be the best choice. Because he's got military experience, he's a lot younger, and he's showing that he's doing a really great job, especially now with the hurricane. I'm glad to see it. But I fear it won't matter in the end. We've got internal conflict in this country to, to such a degree. 
I'm willing to bet China is sowing the seeds of discontent. TikTok, for instance. I think so. If war were to happen, I don't think the U.S. would be unified. And I think psychological operations and cyber war is something we underestimate. Oh, so some some ships floated past Alaska through our economic zone. So what? Our critical infrastructure could be blown up from a, from a, from the other side of the planet instantly. These are the things we need to be we need to be working on. But maybe maybe cyber warfare will provide some mutually assured destruction fears as well. For the time being. Pay attention, I guess. China running secret police stations, at least one in the U.S., several in Canada. That's planting the seeds of overthrowing this country or these European countries. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. NATO has now formally blamed sabotage for the damage to the Nord Stream pipeline near Bornholm, Denmark. Sweden has said they detected a fourth leak from the pipeline. And European security officials are now reporting Russian vessels were seen in the area. It's all lining up so perfectly. And I just can't understand why Vladimir Putin would blow up his own gas line and his only leverage on and, and have it be announced, basically, the damage to be discovered the day a new pipeline is launched, the Baltic pipe. It's, I'm wondering if we're witnessing World War III's Reichstag fire. As legend goes, you know, I've read a bit into it. It's a bit apocryphal. We don't know for sure, but it is widely believed that the burning of the Reichstag was a false flag attack to justify war. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it depends on what you read. Could we be looking at something like that now? The only thing here is, I mean, if it is like a Reichstag, I, I suppose that would mean Russia did do it to blame the West and then say, look, they're attacking us. Look, they're launching a pipeline. It all makes sense. I don't I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't think Russia would sacrifice its, its some of its strongest uh, points of leverage at a time when the Baltic pipeline coming from the West would be opening up in basically the same region. In which case, the question is, does this have more to do with the Balt Ops U.S. naval fleet being off the island of Bornholm in June? Maybe. I suppose you'd have to believe then that they planted bombs on the pipeline and those bombs went undetected, which could be, makes sense, for several months before they were finally detonated. This is war, baby. You don't know what people are capable of doing. Some people can only imagine. Let me tell you how easy it would be. Maybe there really was a Russian fleet passing through. And what they did, let's just say Western forces, the U.S. Navy, planted fake bombs on these pipelines, hard to detect. And then they sat in wait and they said, the moment a Russian fleet passes through this area, we detonate and then we blame Russia. Maybe it's a bit conspiratorial, right? I mean, the Navy was there. What would Russia have to gain from destroying its own leverage? Unless knowing that Joe Biden said they'd end Nord, the Nord Stream pipeline, knowing that US, the U.S. Navy was in the area doing exercises, Russia did send some special ops to uh, uh, special uh, agents or whatever forces, his frogmen, they call it, to blow up the pipeline. I don't know. You know, whoever you want to point the finger at, it really does look like uh, uh, World War Three. That's what the Pope said. The Pope said we're living through World War Three. And if you didn't believe it before, you best believe it now. Maybe this all stops. Maybe Russia backs off. I doubt it. We're now hearing officially that Russia will annex 
humiliated Putin, Daily Mail says, will annex occupied Ukrainian regions in major speech tomorrow as his troops face imminent defeat in key town amid rampaging Kiev counterattack. They're not going to stop. Vladimir Putin has nukes. He's not going to lose. He will not stop. And with the annexation of these regions, you call it occupation, whatever you want, he's basically asserting that they will do everything in their power to defend it as if it is Russia. Because he's basically saying it is. Here's what y'all need to understand. The Nord Stream pipeline damage has just turned this into World War Three officially. Now, but maybe not. Well, hear me out. Some people are saying, no, 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 I won't get that far. Well, the Pope is saying it is, as I mentioned. When you had a regional conflict with, uh, with Ukraine and Russia, some people say, well, it can remain isolated to that region. You could argue that the, the NATO forces supplying the Ukrainians with weapons and training are not involved. And, and look, it's, it's Ukrainians and volunteers that are fighting back the fascism of Vladimir Putin. But what happens now when NATO says the Nord Stream pipeline was sabotaged formally, as they just did. The Wall Street Journal reports this is basically a statement coming out right now. This morning. That Western NATO nations and their resources have been attacked. It could be a grain of sand in the heat. I hope that this is nothing. Just a blip in history. A skirmish broke out in Eastern Europe. Pipeline was bombed. Everybody said, whoa, this is going too far for us, man. Y'all need to chill out. Maybe. But I have a, I have a, a sinking feeling that with NATO declaring that this was sabotage, with European security officials observing Russian Navy ships in the vicinity of Nord Stream, this will be the, how do you pronounce it, casus belli that NATO was looking for to formally declare war on Russia. Dark days indeed, so they say. I could be pronouncing it wrong. I think it's Cass- Cassus Belli. Is that how you pronounce it? Or I don't know. Maybe I'm getting it totally wrong, but um, it's a reference to a justification for war. And we have it. NATO has it. Count the days. Russian naval vessels, uh, naval vessels seen in the area. The pipeline, sabotage. it was sabotage. How much longer... But until NATO says Russia did this, we are at war. They attacked us. It won't matter what you think. You will say, I don't want war. I don't care. This, I don't want, don't want to be involved. We should be wasting money on this. It won't matter. Because these people are, are psychopathic warmongers. And you know what? So is Vladimir Putin. Now, I think it's fair to say that NATO has been expanding rapidly through, through Europe into Eastern Europe, and that surely has pissed off Vladimir Putin. Nobody's innocent in this. But what worries me right now is we don't know who actually hit Nord, the Nord Stream. Think about it this way. What if it really was Russia? What if Russia actually hit the Nord Stream pipelines and is trying to blame the West for it? Should we do nothing? I can't stand war. I have no idea. The Wall Street Journal reports NATO said that a series of leaks in the Nord Stream pipelines between Russia and Europe were the result of acts of sabotage and that attacks on its members infrastructure would be met with a collective response from the military alliance. It is there staring us in the face. Man, I waking up to be so pissed off. Here we go, baby. World War three right in front of your eyes. 
it will be met with a collective response from NATO. NATO outright saying it was sabotage and we will collectively respond. Conveniently, CNN, they run their John Brennan guest interview, ex-CIA director. This is from this morning at 2 a.m. Updated European security officials observed Russian Navy ships in the vicinity of Nord Stream pipeline leaks. It's on. There's no way back from this. I hope, I hope that this fizzles out. You know, when I when I talk about the risks of civil war, conflict, or World War Three, people say, ah, it's never going to happen. It can't happen. These things don't happen. How do you walk back from this? NATO has said we were attacked and we will collectively respond. And separately, security officials in Europe say it was Russia in the area. Give it a few more days until they say what? Evidence points to Vladimir Putin and Russia. And they've already made the argument. They said that the reason Putin did it was to terrify Europe, to, to terrorize them into fearing a dark winter. Psychotic BS. Let me, let me see what we got here from DW.com. Here we have leaks discovered in Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas pipelines. You can see the pipelines go, go, go forward and then loop around Bornholm. Yeah, Bornholm. That's where the U.S. Navy 6th Fleet partnered with the U.S. Navy Research was uh, uh, off the coast of Bornholm, Denmark, was, was, was doing experimentation. Mine warfare readiness. Now, this is in June. You want to argue that Russian forces were seen in the area? Whatever. But take a look at this. Let me tell you why I think it is more likely to, to have been Western sabotage than Russian sabotage. First, you have the obvious. Russia, yeah, kind of far away. I mean, Poland is literally right here where the leaks are. You can see Bornholm. You can see the Nord Stream pipelines. These are where the leaks are. Substantially closer to Poland, Germany, Sweden, Denmark. I mean, it is Denmark. Now, you do have Kaliningrad right here. Kaliningrad is a Russian oblast, which is separated by Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and arguably, I guess you could say Belarus. And then Poland to the south. This is Russian controlled territory, basically a Russian state. It's entirely possible they dispatched their frogmen and hit the pipeline. Why in this area? I don't know. Why wouldn't Russia hit it closer to Estonia and then blame Estonia and say, why would we damage our own pipeline? Why have it near Bornholm? I don't know. But I can tell you this. The Baltic pipe coming from the west, going into Poland in a very it's very, very close to the end point of the Nord Stream pipelines. So you mean to tell me that on the same day that these pipelines faced sabotage, because now they're saying officially it was sabotage. The Baltic pipe was announced, completed and, re- and, and opened. Why would Vladimir Putin take away his only competition, his only leverage? I don't know, man. Maybe because it's all one big conspiracy and he knew that no one would believe he did. It, it was all set up so that we would be confused and think it's more likely the U.S. Perhaps, perhaps. I just don't know. The one thing I can say definitively is that they are saying there will be a response from NATO. NATO is now being dragged informally into this conflict. It is extending beyond just the regional conflict of Ukraine. NATO is now involved. Quote, NATO is committed to deter and defend against hybrid attacks. Any deliberate attack against allies' critical infrastructure will be met with a united and determined response. 
The North Atlantic Council, which consists of representatives of all 30 NATO governments, didn't name a culprit behind the Baltic Sea leaks, though officials in several alliance member states have already attributed destruction to Russia without providing evidence. Spain, baby. Here we go. From 7 a.m., Spain says Nord Stream gas leaks likely a deliberate act and points the finger at Russia. You know, I, I shouted out because of the hurricane, the emergency food the other day. Uh, Safeandreadymeals.com. I'm not going to pull it up. I'm not going to do an extended promo. I just want to make the point. If there ever was something to shock you into preparing, I hope this is it. I'm thinking long and hard about what this means. I cannot overstate the threat that we face right now with NATO basically publicly saying this is what we are going to do, war. A collective response. What do you think Vladimir Putin's saying right now? Do you think in any capacity, let's say this, there's two scenarios. I mean, there's more than that, but let's say there's two scenarios. Vladimir Putin did this false flag attack. He needed to rally support because right now he's conscripting old people. Not a lot of people want to go fight in a war. It happens. Vladimir Putin. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Sabotage is this. What do you think he's thinking now? If he really did sabotage this, then he knew this would be the outcome. And for NATO to then respond saying we will collectively, uh, we, there will be a collective response. He knows war with NATO is coming. In fact, Russian personalities have already stated in the past several months this is not war with Ukraine. It is war with NATO. That's a good reason to suggest Putin did this, because his view is they're already attacking us. Let's say there's another scenario. Vladimir Putin did not bomb this, and it was the U.S. or Western intelligence or Western forces that engaged in this false flag sabotage. Vladimir Putin, now sitting in Moscow or wherever he may be in a bunker, says, here we go. NATO is formally entering the fray. When do the nukes drop? Vladimir Putin, Russia, they have nukes. They can use them. In fact, I believe they have the most powerful nuclear weapons on the planet with what NATO calls the Satan II missile. I believe it's a 50 megaton bomb. I don't know if Putin would actually use it against any major cities, although I believe Russian pundits have already said they should nuke London. Send a message. Here's a quote. It was a deliberate act, in my opinion. It can very likely be linked to the push for constant provocation by the Kremlin. I just don't understand why. We can come up with many reasons. Here we, here we are. From the Wall Street Journal, Putin to sign decree annexing, annexing Ukrainian regions on Friday. Moscow failing to reverse Ukrainian gains on the battlefield continues to target civilian infrastructure. It's going to get bad. The U.S. is referring to it as a sham referendum. Occupied parts of Ukraine vote on joining Russia in Sam sham referendums. Do you know what's been happening? Take a look at this. From Newsweek. Third Russia installed official killed in bombing in two weeks. 
Three Russian officials installed in occupied Ukrainian cities have been killed in bombings. Russian President Putin launched the Ukraine invasion, blah, blah, blah. Several Kremlin-installed officials have been killed in attacks in recent weeks as Russian losses mount and Ukraine seeks to retake occupied territory. In the latest anti-Russian attack, a commandant, Artem Bardin, died after his car was blown up in the town of Berdyansk, inside the Zaporizhia region, according to Ukrainian news outlet Ukrainska Pravda. Ukrainska Pravda, is it? That's Pravda and doesn't ring well for us in the United States, I suppose. Was this guy installed? I'd have to say probably. But many people have argued that these eastern regions were basically Russia to begin with, that they're more uh, ethnically Russian and they were con- they w- they've been fighting for, what are we going on, eight years now. Were they installed or are the people there supporting it? You're never going to know. Now, I don't trust the CIA. I don't trust the, the brass at the FBI. I do think that within the United States intelligence agencies, there are good people who, are, who, have, who join for do, to do the right things. But I think the leadership is corrupt. But I tell you this, as much as you probably don't like to hear it, I trust Joe Biden more than I trust Vladimir Putin. That's just the reality. I think you'd have to be insane to think that Vladimir Putin's going to tell you the truth. Putin's interests. But look, I'll tell you this. Biden and the intelligence agencies, Brennan, these people, their interests may not be aligned with you as someone who believes in America, who believes in America first, who wants strong borders. But at least your 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 interests are aligned more than they would be with Vladimir Putin. I can give all the reasons why I despise these uh, warmongering, you know, psychopaths. But I don't think Vladimir Putin is some innocent party just defending his country. I think he's basically the same. But at the very least, he doesn't want what I want. So I'll tell you, the one thing I can count on is that Joe Biden actually has property in Delaware. He doesn't want the United States to fall at least to that degree. I certainly think he's colluding with China. I think that Joe Biden flew his son out for private equity deals and he's looking to make money and extract value. But why would Joe Biden want to lose access to his net worth if the United States were to face serious detriment due to the war in Ukraine? The same goes for Europe. The only thing I can say is, well, the leaders of NATO may be particularly despicable and there may be many warmongers, as, as is the Russian government. I can tell you the one thing you have in common with them is that you don't want your assets devalued. Look, that's about it. So I can say I don't trust them for why they want to go to war, but I certainly am not going to believe Vladimir Putin and the Russian state. There's no, there's no easy answer in war. There's no easy out. Pick a side, but it's going to be bad either way. The lesser of two evils, I suppose. Or maybe, maybe there is something else. When Donald Trump was president, Vladimir Putin didn't invade Ukraine. We had peace. We had the Abraham Accords. Is it possible that under Trump, Putin actually was concerned the madman would fire a nuke? Was he less concerned about NATO expansion? Seemingly. He may have been uh, less concerned about NATO expansion and worried about Trump. And that, that that's a two hitter. I'm not going to invade Ukraine, he says, because Trump doesn't want to expand in Europe. So I'm not super worried about it. Well, I think that's probably the, 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 the big play right there. But at the same time, there is the other the other hit that Donald Trump. He could fire a nuke. I, who knows what he's going to do? He's a madman, they say. I think the big issue for Putin was that Donald Trump was ending ISIS, ending the expansion and saying this needs to stop. Where are we now? 
I mean, the Pope says we're in World War Three. That's it. He says we're living in World War Three. So that's it, I suppose, right? Now we're seeing what may be the Reichstag fire of our generation. 2022, you know, just about 100 years after World War One, 80 years after World War Two, we are certainly facing the fourth turning, aren't we? I saw this video. Horrifying moment, Russian conscript asks friend to break his arm with a sledgehammer so he can avoid signing up to fight on Ukraine front line. Fake news. I think this is fake. I can't show the video because it's extremely graphic. You can see a man at the other end of the room with his back towards you, and you can see an arm on a bed. The arm looks a bit long. A sledgehammer comes down and the arm bounces straight up and down. The guy gets up and then you can't see anything. And then he turns. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a if he was holding or wearing some kind of armored prosthesis, because apparently in the video, the sledgehammer doesn't break the arm. I've seen an arm break. I've seen many breaks, skateboarding, car accidents. You can see the arm broken. So apparently in the video, they're saying, did it not break? Did the sledgehammer not work? Well, it may have been that he was on a bed. And so the sledgehammer hit his arm and it pushes into the bed and then bounces it up and doesn't break it. But I'll tell you this. Videos like this, it's propaganda. The Daily Mail is already framing it. Look at this. When they say humiliated Putin, they're already giving you that framing. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I think war is wrong. I don't know who is uh, telling you the truth. I would be more interested in, in NATO and the West winning whatever conflict this is for the reasons I already described, though I don't like any of it. But these videos come out and they're meant to convince you that people are terrified that Russia will lose. They can't win. The point of this video in terms of propaganda is to make you believe that Vladimir Putin will be unable to muster a military force. People are so desperate to avoid fighting for Putin, they they break their own arms. Maybe. Could be real. Or it could be propaganda. It's the fog of war, my friends, and I don't think we will know. We can only sit back and hope that this resolves peacefully and quickly and we don't get nuclear po- a nuclear apocalypse. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. A far-left terrorist, an Antifa BLM extremist, took a Molotov cocktail and threw it into a police vehicle. Uruj Rahman was quite drunk during George Floyd riots, court filings show. The Washington Free Beacon reports firebombing attorney begs for light sentence, citing inebriation and unprocessed trauma. This young woman says that she was simply trying to defend black people from this police force that had nothing but disdain for them. So in other words, she admitted to terrorism, yet she was still able to get a sweetheart deal, they call it, a maximum of five years. Now, I think it's like, what are they asking for, 18 to 24 months? I'm not here to report specifically on this. I think it's important you know this and we talk about it. But we have another story that I think is interesting. And there's a moral and philosophical question that emerges from Esquire. Judge cuts to the quick of the Stop the Steal riot sentencing Iowa man to seven years. What are your thoughts? It's interesting. You have the political ramifications of both. One may be worse than another, depending on what you think. A man fighting with a cop. Let's just imagine there's a guy with a stick assaulting an officer. It's bad. You should be criminally charged for this. You should probably do time. It's a violent offense. 
is it as bad as throwing a Molotov cocktail into a police car? However, because that's not just attempting to kill officers, but also destruction of property, a lot of destruction. I suppose then you can counter with yes, but the assault on the officer was at the Capitol and it disrupted the electoral vote count. I mean, that is that is a strike against the soul of this nation. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to assert it one way or another. I'm, I'm curious as to what you think. I want to take a look at this Arouge Rahman and, you know, talk about what she did and how there is basically a bias in favor of the far left terrorists. So I've got more stories for you. But I wanted to introduce these two stories before we get started to ask you one simple question. Would you agree to a prisoner swap? I was thinking about this. You know, people say, oh, the left, they, they get a sweetheart deal. They get let go. They don't get arrested. They win. And, and in fact, during the inauguration of Donald Trump in 2017, hundreds, uh, several hundred black, uh, black clad Antifa rampaged through D.C., smashing things, starting fires. I was there. I was actually arrested on that day, not charged or processed, ultimately was released after like an hour or two because I had a press card on me. But it was officially stated by multiple officers. It was an arrest. A lot of people don't seem to understand this. Arrest doesn't mean you get charged or processed. It means they are moving forward. You cannot leave. You're under arrest, right? Detained. You can eventually leave. Arrest, you can't. But they ended up cutting me loose. Anyway, I digress. I watched all of that happen. And so I was thinking about that degree of violence that they that these people got away with. Uh, these people in D.C. ended up suing the city and winning, I think, like a million bucks. I don't know how it got paid out, but a lot of these people not only committed these, these acts of terror, but got paid for it. And so I thought about the double standard. Then I thought about if two separate powers were in conflict, how would this play out? Well, the left would say, we've got your boy here and we'll give him to you in exchange for our girl. What then would happen is these people would be free. I mean, maybe I, I, there's some detainment or whatever, but I, I, I look at, say, you know, Russia and the U.S. And when we do prisoner swaps like these individuals are free. But we have a parent authority here in the United States government that says neither of them can go free. Just an interesting thought. Not that it's something that's actually possible under our unified legal system. But I'm curious, would you be willing to say that you would let this woman out of jail if it meant that guy got out of jail? I know in any real prisoner swap, it would be like changing territories or whatever. I'm just curious if you think it would be worth it. And I'm curious your thoughts. Comment below on the severity of each crime and which you think is worse and why. Here's the story from the Washington Free Beacon. A left wing lawyer who pleaded guilty to firebombing a police cruiser is asking for a commutation of her sentence. OK, she outright says I should be free to go, pointing to the fact that she was inebriated at the time of the offense and coping with unprocessed trauma according to court filings. Attorneys for Yuruj Rahman argue that self-described human rights activist was numb, dissociated and inebriated when she threw a Molotov cocktail into a New York City police car during the George Floyd riots in May 2020. Wasn't she also handing them out to other people? Lawyers say Rahman was also reeling from her many abusive partnership relationships and processing early trauma from being taunted as a Muslim after 9-11. On the night of May 29th, 2020, Rahman became quite drunk after drinking vodka on an empty stomach with fellow lawyer and later getaway driver Colin Ferdmatis. Rahman's attorneys say the pair's decision to firebomb an NYPD cruiser was an aberrational act meant to protect others from future police violence. What an amazing argument for commutation. The police are the bad guys. Let me go. Yes, I'm sure the government will agree to that. 
Quote, tossing the Molotov cocktail was a way of expressing anger at those police officers around the country for whom black lives did not matter. Rahman's attorneys wrote in a September memo to U.S. District Judge Brian Kogan. It was an act of protest intended to avoid exposing others to harm. Oh, that explains it as crime is skyrocketing and people are being murdered and pushed onto the subway tracks. Ah, yes. This woman says the appropriate thing to do is, is attack the cops. Look, cops ain't perfect. Cops are people. You take a look at what's going on now. And I got to say, y'all were probably better off, I guess. Here we go. Oh, this is amazing. Raman's attorneys have requested she be released on time served, saying her conduct that night was a marked deviation from her otherwise exemplary life. I'm sorry. She committed an act of terrorism. The request for a special dispensation builds on a sweetheart deal already reached by Justice Department prosecutors in this case. In June, Raman and Mattis entered into a second plea agreement that broke their potential 10 year sentences down to a maximum of five years. Prosecutors want Judge Kogan to go even lower arguing for just 18 to 24 months based on the history and personal characteristics of the defendant. Excuse me? The history and personal characteristics? That's amazing, isn't it? What are they basically saying? They're marginalized people. They should be let go. A deviation from an otherwise exemplary life. Raman and Mattis each confessed to counts of conspiracy to commit arson and to making and possessing an unregistered destructive device. Dodging a previous domestic terrorism sentencing enhancement, the two had pleaded guilty in October 2021 to one count of possessing or making a destructive device, which could have earned them each 10 years in prison. You want to know why you don't release them? Let me tell you why you don't release them and you make them serve out their sentences. Now, I think we need prison reform. I think a lot of people that are in prison probably shouldn't be and a lot of people who should be probably aren't. Violent offenders should be in longer and nonviolent offenders should be in lesser. I believe if you're a nonviolent offender, house arrest. That's it. Simply put, ankle bracelet, house arrest. Why not? No, for real. I mean, in almost all circumstances, why should the state be paying for you to live your life? The real concern is we don't want you committing more crimes. We want to see rehabilitation. I don't think prisons do this. So how about this? I ain't going to pay for it. Why are the taxpayers paying for you committing crimes? I'll tell you what we're going to do. You can't leave your house. There you go. You stay child, you play video games, you read books, you watch movies, maybe you do some work online, but you can't leave. Or maybe it's controlled release, meaning you, you, you're you under house arrest. You can only leave to go to work. Hey, man, I think that works. We're talking about nonviolent offenses. OK, especially if you're somebody who was like, you know, a pickpocket or a shoplifter. It's like, all right, you know, you did victimize people. So now we're going to keep an eye on you. It's substantially cheaper to do it this way. A violent offender who lit Molotov cocktails and threw them into a police cruiser is the kind of person you want to lock up for longer. Why? You release this person. She goes and coordinates and organizes. You do not want terrorist, violent terrorists being released into the public. As for this right wing guy who was assaulting an officer and fighting on January 6th, I also think he should be in jail. Violent offenders are the problem. And some people want to argue that January 6th was like a redress of grievances. Spare me, dude. Trying to storm into the Capitol. And I'm not talking about all of the people on January 6th. That we understand. Many of them were bumbling around and the doors were opened by cops. But other people fighting their way in, what did you think was going to happen? You like stand in a building and then all of a sudden you're in charge? It's just so stupid. All that did was hurt Trump's cause. 
it actually hurt his chance of getting reelected. So these people not only harmed the MAGA Republicans and their movement, but they physically attacked people. Sorry, no, no, no sweetheart deals as far as I'm concerned. Although I will say seven years a bit harsh, to be honest. Since their arrest, Raman and Mattis have won the sympathy of national media and liberal elites. New York Magazine, NPR and other outlets have run favorable profiles of the two. Rahman has remained under house arrest with electronic monitoring since June 2020, when a former Obama administration intelligence official helped post her bail, $250,000. Absolutely incredible. These people want the terror, the crime, and the violence. And y'all in New York City keep voting for it. Fine. I don't care. I don't live there. You want to abolish the police? Go ahead and do it. And if you're a cop and you're in New York and you're sitting by watching this happen, yo, lady threw a Molotov cocktail into a car you could have been sitting in. But fine, prop the system up. Bravo. Give me a call when your spine grows back. The defendants have said, the defenders have said the Trump administration wished to make a political example of the pair, bringing federal charges for a crime that is usually dealt with by local authorities. Rahman's attorneys in their memo argued the defendant had received harsher treatment compared with, uh, with another federal case involving an NYPD van firebombed in July 2020. Rahman's attorneys also say their client's commitment to social justice should earn her a more lenient sentence. I disagree. Social justice? You were committing terror in the name of your social justice. No, it should, it should warrant a harsher sentence because you're a political extremist. They say prosecutors who first took up the case emphasized Rahman and Mattis had a higher obligation to uphold the rule of law. The two abdicated their responsibilities as attorneys when they chose to not only throw, but make and distribute the Molotov cocktails. A witness testified that Rahman passed the explosives out earlier to rioters. That's distribution. Come on. Prosecutors also revealed text messages between Rahman and Mattis showing they planned the attack. Bring it to their neck. Mattis texted Rahman before sharing the location of police headquarters. Molotov's rolling, Rahman responded. I hope they burn everything down and need to burn all police stations down and probably the courts too. prison prison for these people. Look, I understand cops ain't perfect. A lot of them are bad and the system is broken. That's why I'm a reformer, not a violent revolutionary. And I think reform wins throughout the history of the United States. Evidence suggests that reform has won. I understand we are birthed of revolution that I get. But that was not without lack of trying. The founding fathers repeatedly made uh, a, a, a petitioned for a regis of grievances against the crown and the crown ignored it. So finally, they're just like, OK, we're independent. And when the founding fathers declared independence, the crown still ignored it. Read the history on this stuff. It's really amazing stuff. It was King George III, I believe. And he was just like, I don't care. I have other things to worry about in Europe. But it was a problem enough. And they said, we'll dispatch regulars to, to, to stop this. And it was war. France, seeing an opportunity to disrupt Britain, who they're at war with, seeing an opportunity to find new allies, align themselves with the colonists. And now they had conflict with they had allies in their in their war with Britain and Britain was distracted. Well, there you go. Right. There's a lot of reasons why things like that happen. There have been violent riots. There have been there has been a civil war. I understand this country is wrought with violence and there have been wars. But the overwhelming majority of change in this country came through reform, not overthrowing government. There were two such incidents, the revolution and the civil war. The revolution was was the was 13 colonies. And there were many more British colonies, mind you, saying outright, 
we done. And a war for independence was fought. The Civil War was not like traditional civil war. A, a faction of states broke off from the Union and declared themselves a new Union, a confederacy. The traditional Union, I suppose you'd call it, the Union itself, said, no, you can't do that. We have sacrificed blood and treasure for your admittance. And to, to leave would be a, tantamount, a tantamount to theft. It's basically what Ulysses, Ulysses S. Grant wrote. I believe this was after the war. And so the Union said, we're not going to allow southern states to secede. The South was trying to break away from the country. They lost. But this was violent, extremely violent, and it brought about extremely important change. So I can certainly recognize sometimes there are wars and death that can lead to a positive in the end. A lot of bad came from the Civil War, but it ended slavery, and it should have been ended a long time ago. Many other Commonwealth countries, I believe the Commonwealth itself ended slavery in something like 1820, in the 1820s or like late 1810s. I don't know the exact date because we're America. 1865 is when the war finally ended. 1863, I believe, was the Emancipation Proclamation. And then they say that Juneteenth was officially the end of slavery because slaves were still in Texas not realizing what had happened. But anyway, I digress. Most of what happens in this country that brings about positive change is reform. But we also have to recognize that we are in a stagnant position and people are just unhappy with how things are going. Congress is deadlocked, declaring war. I'm sorry, uh, not declaring war, but war is being declared in, their, in, in our name. So people are, are, are rightfully angry. I just don't think destroying and burning things down solves the problem. Rahman was due at sentencing in a Brooklyn federal court on Thursday, but successfully petitioned for the hearing to be moved to November 9th. So let's see. Will she get a sweetheart deal? Suspect who admitted to politically motivated car attack on slain Republican teen released on bail. The most shocking thing about this story, most of you know by now, was that this guy Shannon Brandt thought that he would get a, a, a leniency. I read one report where they said that in his sentencing or in his bail hearing, he was surprised that he was actually being held to account as if he thought killing this teenager was a good thing he would be celebrated for. So, yeah. And here's a question. Would you trade either one of these for this guy? Here's my attitude. This dude, what's his what's this guy's name? Um, they say the uh, committee, blah, blah, blah. Seditious conspiracy trials in federal court. Stuart Rhodes, blah, blah, blah. Judge Amy Berman Jackson, whose big bag of Fs has been empty, uh, composed a brilliant overture of the Oath Keepers trial. Kyle Young, the insurrectionist thug who did no little damage to Metro Police Officer Michael Fanone. So he's receiving a seven year sentence. I believe he should uh, be in prison for showing up at the Capitol and attacking police. I think the January 6th trials are overzealous, to say the least, tyrannical to a great degree. Many of these people had no idea what was going on. They were just walking around. But you need to understand, man, we had on Podium Guy. I know it was a lectern, but they call him Podium Guy. And he said he knew they were fighting and there was violence and broken glass and he walked through it. You knew. You knew. And so the dude went to prison. I, I recognize that if people are storming a building and smashing it and you watch it happen and then you're like, I'm going to go in. Yeah, you committed a crime. I wonder how many people pretending to be journalists were filming this and entered the building and are now really worried because they're not credentialed journalists. I wonder. I wonder. Because we did see that guy, John Sullivan, Antifa protester or whatever, but he was there saying he was a journalist. He was criminally charged. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's what I think. A lot of these people on the other side of the building had the doors open for them. They had no idea what was going on. A lot of people on the on the on the on the on one side of the building were fighting with cops. Arrest those guys, lock them up. But what we can see with many of these January 6th defendants, some of them haven't even haven't even been charged yet, and they're sitting in solitary. That's crazy. Some of these people are being horribly mistreated, and there's reports now that some people are being tortured. This woman firebombed a police cruiser, and she wants commutation. Time served. It's amazing. Basically, arguing for two years. That's it. I'm done. I'm good. Let me go. You serious? You were looking at 10 or more for terrorism. Y'all, this is why I don't want to live in New York City. I was there. Bombs went off. I still, I, I mentioned this stuff. I have uh, curios, mementos from the various news stories that I've experienced or covered. I have police tape that was just blowing in the wind, dangling in the trash after a black nationalist executed two cops. And I see this kind of stuff happening and I say, I don't want to live in this city. And I was right. Because it was only a couple of years later, the summer of love happened. The 529 insurrection. They say that January 6th was an insurrection. On 529, far leftists stormed the barricades of the White House, firebombed a guard post, and set fire to St. John's Church. The president was forced into a bunker. At the same time, around the country, cities were engulfed in flames. A young woman firebombed a police cruiser with an accomplice and handed out Molotovs. What did these people think they were doing? It's some of the worst rioting we've seen in decades. That was an insurrection. I think the left is going to be given leniency. That's what we see. They might say, you know what? We think you're, you're good. They're going to let her go. Why? Because it's a civil war. Because they aren't going to imprison their own assets. That's why they lock these people up for, for, for a lot longer. So here's my question. If it were you, and you had control of this Antifa fire bomber in your prison, and they came to you and said, we will let this guy, Young, out, we'll transfer him to you in exchange for her, would you do it? That's the question. Should either of these people be free? I don't know, man. I kind of think that if you're a violent criminal psychopath or, you know, just getting violent and rioting to whatever, any, any degree, you should, you should be locked up. I want to live in peace and, and I want to live in, in, in um, to the best degree that I can safety. I recognize that comes to my responsibility to defend myself and keep in bare arms and all of those things. But it also means that if we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you are a violent individual who is attacking our institutions or our individuals, then you go to jail. That's how it works. There's a photo of this woman holding the Molotov cocktail. We know that she did it. Why should she get a lenient sentence? Shannon Brandt of North Dakota admitted to what he did. Why should he be released on bail at all when trespassers are being held in solitary? Y'all best start believing in civil wars, my friend. Friends, you're in one. I have a feeling that come November 9th, we're going to have a big distraction around the midterms 
and they will quietly release this young woman and say time served. Why wouldn't they? I think it's extremely likely that's what's going to happen. So we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 